electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. And there you go. We do start right now. Thanks, Wilf. And an earnings celebration, if you will. It is all about Apple bucking the tech trend. Earnings just out. Shares are jumping nearly 3% after hours. The stock at an all-time high, an inching, creeping, clawing toward a $1 trillion market cap. Full team coverage throughout the hour. The bearded Josh Lipton outside of Apple HQ. He just spoke with CEO Tim Cook and red phone maverick Gene Munster here on set monitoring the conference call. We're going to check in with both of them in just a few minutes. I guess with the song, folks, welcome, everybody. I am cool. This is the gang. Easy. Thanks for being with us here. All right, let's get down to the headlines. So the world's biggest company, Apple, coming in with a big beat. Earnings growing 40% year over year. Guidance was strong with revenue projections of over $60 billion next quarter. Guy Adami, yes, sir. your reaction and whether or not this is a must own stock. Well, let me preface this by saying I'm not going to be disingenuous and say I've been some raging Apple bull. I haven't. I've been bullish over time, bearish over time. But the reality is here we are at all-time highs. So I put that out there. To answer your question, given this quarter, yes, Tim and I were just playing with our calculators here. And service revenue now overall is 18% of their revenue. That's, you know, that continues to trend in the right way, which means, in my opinion, that Apple should get a different, a higher valuation. I think that's what everybody wants. What I was most surprised by, and Dan can probably explain this, is why the average selling price for the iPhones were almost $40 more than the street was looking for. That's significant. And they sold more phones than the street was looking for. So I think overall, you got to think this is a pretty outstanding quarter. They sold more phones and they sold more higher-priced phones than the iPhone 10, obviously the most high-priced phone. Tim Seymour filling in some of that profit gap here. Your reaction to the quarter, obviously the market in extended hours, and we are waiting on the conference call, but right now they like the numbers. Well, the quarter was fresh and it was exciting, and it was so inviting to me, Brian. So, I mean, the <laughs> bottom line here is I think if you if you look at services revenue, that was up 31.3. Guy gave you the, the, the quarter over quarter for the year numbers. Also, if you think about international, it's now 60% of sales. China grew 19%. There's nothing about this quarter right now that's difficult for the market. Everyone wants to blow a hole in this company. You know, the 10, too many SKUs. Bottom line is we have another product release coming out in the fall. I mean, you know, and this is a company that's been very defensive during a difficult time in the market. Good for these guys. Capital return is a big part of that. It's a very defensive story. You stay long. Yeah, Karen, you, are you an owner of I'm Apple? not. I'm sadly not an owner. I mean, I agree with both of what they said. The, the question is, what is the multiple when the revenue mix is changing the way it is to a more favorable spread of, for more favorable um, services, which I don't know what multiple it deserves, probably something significantly higher than where the stock is. I also don't know what is the multiple in the hardware business. That's, I think, a trickier part. But on a, on a quarter where really expectations were not that high that this was going to be an important quarter, they had an outstanding quarter. And so I think, I hope that this translates to a wider tech rally, even though they're completely different businesses from the other FANG names. I hope that's going to happen tomorrow, and I think it probably will. 
The multiple on the services is kind of interesting, um, you know, making up almost 18% of the total sales. I know Gene's going to probably speak to it. Uh, last few quarters, he's been suggesting that I'm not really going to kind of be placing a higher multiple on those services until it's maybe about 25% of their total sales. But the fact that it was up 31% year <laughs> over year, and that is basically flat sequentially, is pretty impressive. I think a lot of people were expecting Top that to be lower. And I just want to, you know, the, the thing about uh, margins is kind of interesting. If they're doing increasingly more services, which we believe right. to be higher margin, there may be some issues with the hardware. And we also know that as they refresh the iPhone 10 in September, there's talk that they're going to have a lower price point on that 10. They're also going to add, as you said, uh, a phablet, a 6.1-inch OLED sort of thing. So, you know, the, the, the uh, ASP, the average selling prices, is pretty yep. interesting. They're maintaining, you know, prices on the high end because they keep doing these higher-end phones. Um, who knows? Just one last point about why that ASP might have been so high. China up 19% year over year. We know that the Chinese like that higher-end phone. And Tim Cook has routinely said since the iPhone 10 was launched last November that this has been the best seller on any category. Yeah, and I think that, you know, listen, services is so key, Guy Dami. We don't talk a lot about it, but we need to talk more about it. Nine and a half billion. We are headed toward a $40 billion a year business for Apple probably next quarter. That is iTunes. That is some of the iCloud, the cloud What's computing. The base, Dan? I mean, it's over a billion. It's okay, so I mean, it's, think about you're getting scale on something, even in the early innings, that's of scale on an installed base of, of a million phones. So, billion. A, a billion, billion phones, excuse me. And, and I think this is really, really important when you consider that we don't necessarily need the watch and some of these other ancillaries. We don't need Apple Home. We don't need, you know, all these things that ultimately could be part of it. And obviously, that's a services revenue. But you know, to me, yeah. the story with Apple still very important capital return. Think about what these guys are going to do every quarter for the next three years, yeah. possibly five years. It's going to be massive. I just want to add one point. You said you don't need the watch. You know, if you look at the other products category at $4.7 billion in the quarter, that's greater or equal to iPad. So when you think about yeah. this, this is a category. It's really watch and AirPods. Forget the home. That's like a beta for all intents and purposes. Um, so, you know, you have other which is these wearables, and then you have services, which are greater than Mac and iPad combined. Let's put it into perspective here, too, Guy, because, okay, services is Apple's second business. Obviously, iPhone is the big one at $29 billion in revenue in the quarter. Services at $9.5 billion. Facebook does $13 billion in annual revenue. Apple, in other words, does as much revenue in, in four months, effectively, as Facebook does from its primary business in a year. So this is a beast that is growing for Apple. So why the question then is, why doesn't Apple get a similar or, or a valuation in the ballpark of a Facebook forks? I think that's where you're going then. I think that's been, I think one of the Apple bulls have been, why haven't we been able to get the valuation that this company deserves on top of the capital return that Tim's talking about? And I think now as this thing trends towards 25%, and I can't tell you when it's going to get there, but at this trajectory it probably gets there I would imagine sometime early 2020-ish, then you start to get a valuation that would make sense for everybody, I would think. I mean, Karen can pine on, pine on that. I mean, is they're heading toward this razor blade, razor model by having the, the hardware software, that is a giant multiple. I, you know, I wish I owned it now. I hate buying things that are up, so I probably won't do anything in the aftermarket or, or, or tomorrow even, but I think it's better here at this price with these earnings than it was this morning coming in. One thing I just want to mention, they bought back $20 billion worth of stock in this quarter, right. and that yeah. 
was on top of the 23 billion they bought the prior quarter. It's going to be 25 I mean, billion for this, the next three years. This, this was a, oh, I'm just saying, but it's a massive it's, acceleration. They started this capital return program in 2012. I think they've got to about 300 billion total. That's including dividends. At least 200 yeah. billion of that have been stock. But they've been accelerating it over the last six months in just open market participation. So they obviously think the stock is really cheap. Yeah, and the the other the, the third business, if you will, and we'll take out the iPad, is what they call other. That is Apple Watch. It is Apple TV. It is the HomePod. The Apple Watch has been, I think, much derided. I think it's fair to say it has not gotten much attention at all. Dan, that, you have like 15, don't you? That, there you go. That yeah. industry was the fastest-growing year-over-year revenue business for Apple. The other segment grew 37% year-over-year. Again, AirPods, Apple TV, Apple Watch, Beats, HomePod, iPod Touch, and other third-party accessories. So Apple's really firing on all cylinders, Guy, on a number of different fronts. Do they break out AirPods? No, they don't. No, it's in that other products oh, right, right, with right. the watch. And AirPods are new, so of course that's going to come from almost a zero base. But you wonder, right. is the watch outperforming now? Is Apple TV starting to become a TV I don't substitute? I about Apple TV, but I think Dan hit, I think when Dan said beta, I mean, this, I think those numbers give you some optionality. I don't think that's what people are basing their, their Apple investment upon. But if you get some performance there, it just gives you sort of the beta that Dan just mentioned before. The core of this thing still comes down to services and the phone, and they're crushing it. I mean, Gene can speak to the other, but to me, it's all about what's the right valuation on the $13.25 they're going to earn next I year. I would also argue that this is not supposed to be a great quarter for them. You know, I mean, if you also think about now we have possibly the tailwind of a product release, this is the time this stock usually outperforms, not, you know, not this quarter. And, and to be clear, I think the stock really outperformed this quarter. And we talk about it relative to the triple Qs, of which it's almost 12 percent of that entire index. But, but Apple has been outperforming, whether it's a six-month basis, a two-year basis, or a five-year basis, to the Qs. So at a time when people are looking at tech and looking at the high growth, this has been the most consistent company. The Apple, I mean, the iPhone is arguably um, becoming a more predictable story. The services is, is basically not only diversifying the revenue stream, but it's yeah. starting to flatten out some of the volatility in the name. Very bullish. I got to run some numbers here, but I want to find out if Apple's business, number two business does $40 billion a year, if services gets to $40 billion a year, where would that be in the S&P? Apple's number two business is probably one of the fastest, just biggest businesses, revenue, just in terms, terms of, of revenue. revenue. Forget about the iPhone in the entire S&P 500. All right, let's go now to Loop Ventures founder Gene Munster for his take on Apple earnings. Gene, what are your thoughts? Scott, this is an important report because this is the report that's going to propel the stock to a trillion dollars plus. And I've covered this for a long time. And what I see here is a different uh, paradigm starting to take place. It's not just about what the iPhone number is in a particular quarter. It's a broader theme. And we describe this as Apple as a service. And there are three real pieces to it. We saw each of those come through in resoundment in this quarter. Number one, stable iPhone growth for the last eight quarters now, between zero and five percent. A few years ago, it was up and down. Second, the services piece, now 18 percent of revenue, that stability at a higher number. And third, the capital return. I think this is the piece that most investors are missing. Twenty-five billion in total with the buyback plus the, uh, the interest payments. That is basically puts the company on track to be net cash neutral in three years. That's the piece that I'm listening intently for. If they do that, Apple can move this stock 25% higher on a buyback loan. I want to warn investors who believe that this is over. This story could double or triple in the future based on what we're seeing with this theme of Apple as a service. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible there, too, Gene. And listen, let's talk about the Apple TV. I know it gets no attention at all. That business growing 37% when you factor in the watch and everything else. You know that ecosystem as well as anybody, and it goes to services. If you've got an Apple TV, like I do, and like I'm sure a lot of people here and our viewers and listeners do as well, what do you do with it? You buy programs. Your kids buy apps. They play video games now across the Apple TV. How big is that business going to ultimately become for Apple? Something like the TV, the box on the side, that's probably several percent. That's not that big, but I think what the bigger opportunity here is how they can use their ownership of the operating system, whether it's around Apple TV or on the device, and to grow, whether it's original content or music subs. Look at the, the recent Spotify numbers. They grew their paid subs 40%. By my math, Apple's growing their paid music subs by 100%. Clearly, there's an advantage to having these different devices and owning the operating system, and you're going to find other ways for the company to, to monetize that. That 31% growth, keep in mind, 31% also in March 18, 18% growth in December 17. So you have this step up, and it's because of what you just described, having this ecosystem of devices and then able to pump different uh, services yep. through that. It's working, and I think that there's no reason for it not to continue. You buy TV, you buy the apps, you buy the iPhone, you buy the apps. It all goes into that same thing. Gene, thank you. We're going to see you in a bit. We'll let you jump back on that call. We'll check in with Gene Munster again later. All right, let's play the game. Well, Melissa likes to play it. I think she calls it Would You Rather. Yes, yeah. nice job, Brian. Okay, and I want to ask, it's the double A's. plays it better than you. But, I mean, you're Melissa does everything better than I do. It's the double A's in FANG, FANG, F-A-A, Apple or Amazon, Guy Adami. Apple or Amazon. I'd still say, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'd still say Amazon. I think, you I think you're crazy, but for other reasons well, not no, related but I, to listen, the game. In my, listen, I think if there's a, I think Amazon, I understand valuation concerns there clearly, but I think in terms of upside potential, I think see, Amazon is still the See, I, I completely disagree, only because look what the market's doing right now to the high multiple stocks. There's, guy's absolutely right. How do you blow a hole in Amazon? The market blows a hole in it. But Apple, listen to what Gene just said. So the delta, so the change on the change on services is actually 40%. We went from 18 to 31 percent in a year over year. So this fast-growing business, it's now 40 billion. Apple, to me, the valuation, come on. I mean, this valuation is very cheap. Why doesn't Apple get the respect that you think it's it going to? It's going to. Because it's a hardware business. Not anymore. It's the mix is changing. Yes. I'll be. I, I'll absolutely grant you that. But that's why, though. I mean, would you rather, seen, Karen? Would I Apple rather or Amazon? I would rather Apple. Rather yeah. Apple. I mean, the, the high flyer, exactly what Tim's talking about, the high flyerness of Amazon on a, on a valuation basis makes me feel like there's significantly well, more I, downside. Obviously, time horizon really matters in that. If you just want to say between now and the end of the year, when you think about the product cycle, you have, you know, Do you agree rotation. with that product cycle, by the way? Yeah, of course. I mean, when, when you have this, this rotation right now that we're seeing out of growth into value, this stock or this company has growth and it has value and it's got a catalyst. So to me, if, you know, I don't see the stock raging off of this number. I'd much rather, I, I'm we're very glad that this is not up, you know, at 205 or something like that. It could be in a couple days, but it's getting harder and harder to move this thing up. So if you really want to play for the product cycle, we know that in early September, they're going to announce these phones. They're going to tell us mm. what the pricing is. They're going to tell us how many different ones. And then you're going to have like a few months. Don't forget but that, that that iPhone X, that 10, was released on November 1st. They released the 8 at the end of September. So you're going to have this runway all fall. Dan, don't you agree, though, to Tim's point that if and as Apple transitions from just this 
to a yeah, higher margin services, services side, Sully, the multiple Sully, needs to we expand as well. This. You know, Gene talked about services on all these platforms. It's a, it, you know, to create original content, it takes a lot of money. I mean, Netflix is spending $8 billion a year on original content. So Apple is going to have to step up and spending massively. You know, every endeavor that they've had in music has been a big failure. I mean, they're growing now. Apple Music, 100% year over year. It's taken them years. And Spotify just ran away with it for a while. Now they're but catching why, up. Why, Apple's number but two why, now. why should streaming. it have been important before? In other words, Apple was focused on their core product. I mean, there was no reason for them to do anything else. And okay, now, but it could it, be a it, little too little, a little too late. When you look at their original content and video, it's been a real bust. So if they're going to be reliant on all these other platforms to offer original content, so you buy their hardware, that's yeah. a tough Again, road to hoe. But this gives me a chance to talk about Netflix. I mean, if people really think that Netflix's content is so good, um, Apple can do that too. And, and and how about Apple splitting these two companies, you know, apart? I mean, how about hardware and software as two companies? It's going to be a trillion dollar company soon. I mean, you know, that would be a driver. Apple's services business will now be almost twice as big as Netflix and Facebook's business combined. Think Sully, about that. you seem really enamored yeah. by that. <laughs> I like numbers. Yeah. All right, we're going to have more on Apple throughout the so hour great. as well as technology overall, Tim. And Mr. Yep. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary has three ETFs in that space that he says are screaming. They are yelling. They are high-volume buys. He's going to reveal those names. Plus... From tech help to burrito help, investors Whoa. losing a lot of money in Chipotle, fast food chain dealing with a new set of health problems at one of its locations. Is this stock and maybe the company one to avoid right now? We are live from the NASDAQ market site, and there is much more fast money right after this break. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Outside of Apple, we've got two restaurant stories for you tonight. Cheesecake Factory getting smashed on their earnings Chipotle tanking today on reports of more illness at a store in Ohio. Let's get right now to Kate Rogers with details on both. Kate. Hi, Brian. That's right. Cheesecake Factory falling after a mixed quarter. EPS was short of expectations, while revenues were right about in line. Same store sales increased by 1.4%. That's slightly below analyst estimates. The company said higher legal fees and group medical costs impacted its bottom line this quarter. They also increased their dividend by 14% to $0.33. Cents. The stock is down around 7% right now, but for the year, it's up some 17%. And on to Chipotle, of course, the company told us it has reopened its store in Powell, Ohio today and was expecting business as usual. Chipotle voluntarily closed that store yesterday, telling CNBC it did so out of an abundance of caution, adding that local health department officials have two complaints of illness at the restaurant. The local health department told CNBC it is still in the infant stages of investigating a possible foodborne outbreak. While the stock is down today, it's worth noting the company actually got an upgrade from Jeffrey, saying it is one of the better positioned players to benefit from the shift to digital and off-premise. Jeffrey's gives Chipotle a buy rating with a $550 price target, and analyst Andy Barish says he is not changing his take on the rating, giving the news over the past two days. I also spoke with analyst RJ Hanavi, who said reports of two sick people shouldn't have much of an impact on the company, but he added if this turns into a larger outbreak, that could be a PR challenge for the company, guys. Back over to you. Yeah, it certainly will. We know you're on the, both those stories, Kate. We'll see you again soon, I hope. Take care. All right, so with today's 7% decline, it's Chipotle back 
in Burrito Hell, and I guess Boy, that the is a investor, scary place to be. Investor penalty if, box. If the Burrito Hell includes a Burrito Blowout, you better just run for cover. Um, but look, bottom line here for Chipotle, still 70 times. It's not a cheap stock. It had a massive run. I don't think that this is the end for this company in any way. In fact, I think they've done a pretty good job of dealing with this issue. So uh, this is a valuation story for me. Brian Nickel has done a very nice job. Cheesecake Factory, look, also had had a 55% run into this downdraft. They even traded off a little bit for these earnings. Valuation is fine. Free cash flow, very interesting in this company. Okay. I wouldn't run in. Listen, everybody's piling on Chipotle here. Let's be very clear, though. We're talking about one store. We're talking about a couple people saying that they didn't feel well. There's some big numbers being thrown out there that are unconfirmed. I would right? eat one we, right now. This we could be a specific story. I ate at Chipotle yesterday. I feel just fine. Guy Adami, what do you think Chipotle? Without the, well, I don't want Without this news story, it's an expensive stock. When you put this on top of it, do you want to own it, given the run from 250 to where it is now at that valuation? I say no. I think you have too much headline risk. Cheesecake Factory, real quick. Yeah, 19 times forward earnings. All right, I, I won't get crazy about that. This is the number that stuck out to me. Operating margins were 6.2%. Last year at this time, they were 8.9%. Major so costs. Yep, you're major. right. You know, so that's a concern. You know who 86 Chipotle last week? Yeah. Aaron did. Well, you did. Yeah, Blind squirrel got lucky. Let me ask you something, though. If you would, they, a month from now, they were to have another outbreak at some other store, does that make the stock go down more or less than this one? Do yes, people get inured to, to it. I don't know. It's, always, just, been, it's always been one store, two sick people. I, I mean, right, to but me, does, I think. Does the street get inured to it? McDonald's had an incident last month. The stock yeah. was down. How about 1%. This? Do we know if other, if other okay. restaurants are getting similar complaints that it's not getting the yeah, media uh, attention? I, I, I think that's the case. I do, not know. I do not know. Is there a bigger issue? You saw that consumer confidence print today. It was massive, right? It was like 127 or something like that. Aren't these supposed to be like, we know that same, uh, same store sales at Starbucks has been weak. We know that McDonald's was disappointing. Now we have this cheesecake miss. Uh, but they Chipotle. didn't. I hear them talking about costs. Though. I mean, and, and this is a big deal. I think labor costs are talking about medical costs. They're talking about overall cost of carrying employees. Folks, I inflation is here. I, I yep. think this is a major issue for a lot of these people, and that's something to worry about. Yeah, there are a lot of restaurants around the country that have to have signing bonuses for servers because oh, they, 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 they No, because they can't. Signing bonus to flip burgers. Guy didn't even get that <laughs> at Shaq, or did you, Guy? <laughs> They brought me on Shake What exactly Shack. is in the captain's platter, Long John Adami? Remember that? See, your little fast times at Richmond. Hi, you throwing at Judge Reinhold. All right, still ahead. Check out where we stand with Apple right now. That stock is up after hours at all-time highs. The stock up just about three, more than 3%. Now, investors, guys, are liking what they hear. The stock continues to accelerate after hours. You can see Gene Munster listening in on that conference call with Tim Cook going on right now. We'll check back in with, with uh, Gene in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime... Here's what else is coming up on Fast. It's important that a company's culture will not allow for this. Oh, snap! That didn't age well, and CBS stock hasn't fared well. But amid all the chaos, the chairwoman says the Tiffany Network could be a buy. She'll explain. Plus, while the tech selling continues, one group is surging, and here's a hint. May cause the following symptoms. Itchy rashes, full body hair loss, projectile vomiting, gigantic eyeball, the condition known as hot dog fingers. The other side effect? Big profits. And we'll tell you how high some traders see Big Pharma going when Fast Money returns. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. 
Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, guys, welcome back here. Let's throw Apple up on the board again because we can see that stock continues to gain steam as the after-hour segment goes on. If you are just joining us, if you are just tuning in to CNBC, well, shame on you. But also, here you go. Apple coming out with a blowout quarter. Earnings and revenue ahead of expectations. iPhone sales strong. You've got the services business up 31% in a year. You've got other businesses like the Watch and Apple TV up 37% year over year as well. Guy Adami, yes, sir. there is going to be a day, if this continues, very soon on CNBC where we use the T word, and that is a trillion-dollar valuation for Apple because at this rate, we're getting there quickly. We might break in when this show. You have a Dow, you have an Apple $1 trillion hat. Wouldn't that be great? I bet you like a Kevin O'Leary would break out a hat There's like so that. many zeros it says see so other hats. See, <laughs> see, see rear of hat. Uh, you could, listen, I mean, it w clearly wants to go that way. The headlines are already written. Uh, I, I can't wait to see the fanfare that accompanies the $1 trillion mark. You think that'll get some attention on this network? Oh, just a little. <laughs> just a tad. From us? Surprised oh, we're not yeah. wearing hats. Right I want to ask yeah. you though. You, you've pom said pom. a few yeah. times. You've said a few times that you feel remorse. Yes. For not owning Apple, but right. yet you still won't own it because you like to buy things that are cheap. If yeah, this, if sometimes. this rotation <laughs> to services and higher margin goes, couldn't you make the argument that the stock? with yes. the same valuation is now cheap because the business is changing? Yes, yes. And I think my, my problem is just one of ego and not owning it. It's really if I came to it today, had no history with the stock at all, and looked at the story and the evolution of the revenue, I would say it's you, attractive. You bought it at, in I the did. 150s at that downdraft when in downdraft, February. And then yeah. it was up like I, th I think people forget that there's been two massive peak to trough declines in, in dollar value this year alone. I think uh, February into March, it was 16%. I think in April um, into May, it was 12%. I think the fact that the stock's trading at all-time high doesn't mean that it's going to stay there. Let's not no, forget but, that but, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon all gapped to new highs up 2%, 3% after better expected. No, I'm not actually. <laughs> after better expected results, and they gave them back. So it, I don't think you have to chase this thing at all-time highs. Well, look, if you listen to what Gene said, Dan, what he said is they're basically going to be buying back 25% of the company over the next three years. Right there, without doing anything, this company goes up 25% over the next three years. I mean, just on share shrinkage. Just, well, just on, on capital markets. Hold on, Tim. In, in terms Q2, of buybacks, when the stock traded as low as 150, they massively accelerated their buyback. Okay, so they what I'm saying is over the, next, over, over the next three years, there's going to be uh, enough support in this stock in addition to everything we've extolled over the last hour about this earnings number. So, um, bottom line, I think it's actually a stock you could buy today and feel pretty good about. You know, it's amazing. You, you go to you go to a little argument between Dan and Tim, and suddenly Kevin O'Leary shows up on set. We just added, <laughs> we just grew fast money by what? I don't know, what is this, 18% or whatever nice. my math is. Nice. Good. Kevin O'Leary of O-Shares, of Shark Tank, of, of everything. Uh, welcome. You've been listening on this. Yeah. You won the stock draft last year on the back of Apple. Yes. What's your take on Apple? I haven't owned Apple since February. This morning, the buzz was so strong on beating the print on services past 30%. That, I, that we put the position back on at 190.10. Um, I was not an advocate for it because, you know, you, but you got to listen to your crew. 
what I find so interesting, the bull bear debate is, is this a consumer electronics company hardware business or is it now turning into a subscription software business or is it both? Because the bear case is, you've seen this movie before on hardware and margins eventually get crushed. Isn't happening here. The euphoria is pretty Because strong. it's becoming less of a hardware business. It's on a, a hardware basis business. to the overall revenue mix. Yeah, I know. And, and, and yet, I own it again. And I'm very happy I own it because, you know, on today's return alone, annualized, it's pretty good. We'll probably stay in it. But to me, if they can keep growing services at 30%, how can you not own it? Because it's such a high margin business. And that was the big debate. They did beat the print. They came in at 31% versus... But that was actually, there was a charge. If you got back that out, it was like 27. Yeah. Still high. Yeah, but where else can I mean, you find such a huge installed base growing the high margin services business? That's the bull case for this. I understand both sides of the equation. Will it hit a trillion? I think it will. I own it again, so I hope it does. Listen, to, to Tim's point, Kevin, you, I know you like two things. Number one, you like the fact they gave back $25 billion to shareholders, $20 billion in a buyback, and a 70 threat. 73 cent per share, he said, dividend. I'm not a fan of buybacks. If you want to return capital to me, you send me the check. That's what I want. I'm happy to pay the taxes on my check and redeploy the capital back in your stock or somewhere else. Buybacks to me are not a real commitment, and Apple may be different, but you, you hear boards talking about buybacks all the time. The commitment to actually distribute cash every quarter and not cut that dividend is very, very difficult to deal with in good and bad times. I prefer that. So, Kevin, let me ask you a question. I mean, you talk about this new model, right, where yeah. services, a high-margin business is making up a greater percentage of the whole. Don't you think that as we're seeing elongated product cycles in the hardware, right, we're seeing elongated upgrade cycles, that there's a really good chance that ultimately, once the high-end smartphone market is saturated, we're going to see margins go down fairly dramatically in the hardware space. And then all of a sudden, you have to have a lot of spending for that services business to keep growing, right? So, that is so the, to me, there the is a potential. Case. Right. And so just so you know, gross margins at 38% are a couple percentage points below where they were a couple years ago when services were a much smaller business. That's where I was in February, which is why we sold, sold it off, the book. But here's where now my thinking's changing. Consumer electronics have never seen a brand like this. You know, I look across my family. Everybody has to have an Apple device. Although I could show them five other platforms that they could buy at half, you know, what it costs to buy any of these things, they don't want it. Try and get my son to move to Samsung, not a chance in hell. But I keep telling me. You know I, why? Because the songs he purchased on his iTunes account probably won't work. The apps probably won't work unless, they, I mean, that, you're, you're sucked into that ecosystem. That's the Buffett story, why he took down for his first time a major position in a tech company because he said he watched the people around his office. He doesn't have an iPhone. He said they're just euphoric about this device and they will not give it up yeah. for anything else. That right. was a compelling reason for him to take a multi-billion dollar bet. Three ETFs that we should be looking at in technology are what? Here's the theory. It's hard to buy pure tech. It's hard to buy pure growth. When you buy the big indexes, you get a lot of hardware, you get a lot of slow growth. There are ETFs in the market now. I'm going to give you three. One is my own book, one I helped design. OGIG, FDN, and IYW. Now, a lot of people know these ETFs, but here's the difference. They're all different. OGIG is international e-commerce. It has all the big names all around the world. FDN is a real domestic pure play. You won't find Apple in it. And yet, if you want to play Apple and Cisco, the hardware players that support the platform of e-commerce, IYW is where you go. My point is, you don't have to buy the big, ugly indexes anymore. You can find these really fine-tuned. And I would argue right now, with the sell-off in tech, any one of these three is a good way to play it if you want a pure play in growth with more growth coming in the first two. 
because they are based on pure revenue growth. And, it, and, if you, and if you like the international story, that's the O-Gig. O -Gig. That's the o -G -I -G idea behind this. O-Gig's 52 names, including all the international. Tencent and Baba in there, which have been looked pretty big and ugly, too, lately. Yeah, they have. But, you know, one of the things you really want to look, look for in the metric of how you index for growth is what turns on stock price more is pure revenue growth. When you have a company that's growing at 20, 30, 35 percent, generally those stocks over a year period tend to outperform the ones that are even doing better on a slower growth but more profitable basis. Revenue matters more in e-commerce than anything else. OGIG, FDN, and the IYW. IYW. Three very interesting pure plays for your portfolio. Kevin O'Leary, thank you very much. All right, did anybody, did Kevin say, did anybody here like these, yeah. these names? I, I Obviously, you, well, you did point out Tencent's had a rough go, man. Tencent's down. Does that make it more of a positive, though, if you think you're buying Absolutely. Look, first of all, if you really think that Alibaba is, is a trade war stock, that their commerce is really all about trans, you know, tr trading across borders, it's not. Um, Ogig also has Mercado Libre. So, look, I'm, I'm an EM guy. I'm a global guy, actually. These are the biggest global tech companies in the world. They're not resigned to just doing business here. It's the same trade. If you've been long those names, the global funds, they're trading in all these names. Why not own them in one index? I think it's interesting. All right. Still ahead. Apple, as we noted, touching an all-time high after an earnings beat. That stock is up more than 3%. Fast Money Friend, Fast Money Fiend, Gene Munster, is on the red phone listening into the conference call. He'll bring us his biggest takeaway from the quarter. And CBS, getting a little bit of a bid today after a brutal sell-off in the last few sessions. Karen says now could be the perfect time to buy the stock. We're going to find out why she thinks that when Fast Money returns. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. CBS shares seeing a bit of a bounce today. This after allegations of sexual misconduct by powerful CEO Les Moonves set the stock down 7% this week. Let's get out of Julia Borston in Los Angeles for the latest on this story. Julia. Brian, the CBS board is leaving Les Moonves in his post as CEO of CBS as the board selects an outside counsel to conduct an independent investigation into allegations made in a Ronan Farrow article in The New Yorker alleging sexual misconduct from the 1980s to the 2000s. BET founder Robert Johnson saying he respects the board's decision to hold off on any action for now. I'm a strong believer in Les as the CEO of that company, and if Les were not in the seat of that company, I don't think I would be in the market to buy CBS stock. But on news of these allegations, Cowan's Doug Crutes slashing his CBS price target and downgrading the stock, citing, quote, the added overhang of an investigation of uncertain length with an uncertain outcome. J.P. Morgan's Alexi Quadrani has an overweight rating on the company's long-term potential, but still warns that the allegations create a near-term overhang. Now, this all comes as today prosecutors say they've declined to pursue claims against Moonves made by a woman, a woman alleging three incidents of sexual abuse, one from 1986 and two others in 1988. Prosecutors saying the statute of limitations on these claims has expired. Now, Ronan Farrow tweeting that these allegations appear to be from a different additional woman than the six he cited in his story. Now, separately, in the battle for control between Les Moonves and CBS's controlling shareholder Sherry Redstone, today not, or yesterday, and it was revealed today, National Amusements filed a motion in Delaware court accusing CBS of destroying evidence. CBS saying it used a self-destructing texting system for cybersecurity reasons following the Sony hack. We hope to hear from Moonves directly in CBS's earnings call 
which is coming up on Thursday afternoon. Brian, back over to you. All right, Julia, thank you very much. All right, Karen, you're saying that CBS is a buying opportunity right now. Give us your fast pitch. All right, yes, I am saying CBS is a buying opportunity right now, and in fact, I bought it this morning. So for me, valuation is always the first thing that I look at. So we have a very attractive valuation right now. And relative to its own history and relative to its peers, this stock is trading very cheaply right now. So I also love a catalyst. So what could be the catalyst here? Viacom merger, we, we're going to see as the lawsuit unfolds in October, maybe it doesn't get resolved right away, maybe it gets resolved sooner. They could end up merging with Viacom if Sherry Redstone has her way. In addition, it is possible that doesn't happen, that they could ultimately merge with someone else, or they could merge with Viacom and then merge with someone else. So you have a number of different catalysts here. So valuation, that's always important. That's the most solid fundamental here. So let's go to the chart. All right. So there's a few days that are really important here. Here's one. This was their last earnings call. So they had a very, very positive call. They had a beat on revenue. They had an even higher beat on earnings. They saw great growth in both their entertainment and their cable business. That's really important. The fundamentals of the business are doing really well. Here's another day, really important as well. This was the day where the AT&T Time Warner deal got approved paving the way for a lot more media mergers to come. And then lastly, this is the important date where we are right now. Here's the opportunity from here to here that was created by the, call it whatever you will, the, the uncertainty surrounding the future of Les Moonves. For all those reasons, put it together, I think this is giving you the opportunity to buy a great company at a very good valuation with potential, several potential catalysts, maybe in the very short term even. That's my pitch. Hey, hey Karen, uh, it's Tim. Uh, simply, who, who runs this company in his absence if that's where we end up? I think there's a lot of different executives out there. I don't know. I don't have any great insight. My guess would be somebody like Bonnie Hammer, who actually would be mm -hmm. taken from Comcast, so maybe that's not the best choice, but she's an excellent executive. I also think it would be really good for them PR-wise to have a woman in there. There's a lot of great women executives out there who I think could do it. He's great, no question about that. But if it comes to that, I think there are other people that could run the company well. Anybody else with a question for Karen on CBS? Let's vote, baby. All right. It is time to vote. Are you buying Karen's pitch on CBS? Tim. I buy. That's right. That's right. I think it's a great call. I think the valuation is right. I still think that the sector is on an upswing. Dan? I think media valuations were pushed around too much. Yeah, so I'm a buyer with an asterisk, and I think you buy it when it's less, less. Less, uh, less, uh, less. You get it? Because less, I actually fewer, just think there's a big overhang guy. with him, and I think that's another catalyst for him to be out in the company. Wondering why purchase. Tim made a, put a basketball on his thing. But that I'm with K-Fine, and if you go back to last quarter, we had Tom Rogers here. It was a $50 stock. He said the stock was undervalued then. It's undervalued now. The report on Thursday. I'm with K-Fine. All right, that is going to be a big call on Thursday, by the way. Buys all around the horn. But what about you folks out there? Are you buying Karen's pitch for CBS? Vote on our Twitter poll at CNBC Fast Money on the Twitter machine. We'll reveal the results later on in the show, plus more on Apple. Another all-time high. That conference call underway. We're going to tell you what the CFO had to say and has that stock jumping after hours more fast. Coming up. Welcome back to Fast Money. Back healthcare time. gone wild, and apparently our camera operator gone wild as well. Woo. Healthcare, one of the best performing. Get a little wheezy here. 
one of the best performing sectors in the space. Among the big winners in the space are names like HTA Healthcare, surging more than 20% in the past month. Biogen and Eli Lilly, both up 15%. Medical equipment company Thermo Fisher also rallying double digits. These are some big moves. Guy, yes. What do you make of it? I make of it that the space is still extraordinarily cheap, and we did this cheap thing. with oh, those yeah. moves. We did a thing called Power Pitch a couple weeks ago, right after President Trump had that little conversation with Pfizer. The stock was trading 36 or so. We said, you know what? Pfizer sets up really well in earnings. Highest the stock has been now in 16 years. Best single day performance, and <laughs> I don't know how long. And in terms of valuation, I still think these stocks are relatively inexpensive. What's interesting is, I mean, if you think of Big Cap Pharma, a lot of these names have done almost nothing for a long time. But it, it, there's certainly a catalyst and an argument in terms of their valuation. I just look at biotech, and I think a lot of these companies are either starting to see some improvement in their pipelines. The cash flow is, is alive and well. The balance sheets are fantastic. And the valuation in this market, I think, you know, look at that IBB. It's been a great chart. It continues to be. All right, Dan. Yeah. I mean, it's just all right, are we Dan. Doing, are we doing options action? We can do it if you'd like to do that. Okay, okay. one trader made a big bet. More fast pitch. <laughs> one, one, or, or his guy called it power pitch, which is a totally different show, by the way. Uh, well, <laughs> one trader just made a big bet that one of those names that we just talked about yeah. and kind of showed you like that yeah. is headed for an even bigger breakout. Dan, you can break that down for us if you so choose. Thank you, Sully. Uh, Eli Lilly is the name. And, you know, this stock is up about 10% in the last week since it reported earnings. Also a cheap stock with some catalysts here. But massive, massive breakout. Um, and today, you know, Call volume is two times out of puts after that 10% rally. This is a stock that's also up 35% from its 52 weeks lows made in February. The, the trade that was really caught my eye was a buy of 10,000 of the September 100 calls when the stock was trading at 98.65. Uh, the buyer paid $1.79. Those break, uh, break even up at 101.79 on September expiration. That's only up about 3%. A couple quick charts here. This is the five-year chart. This shows that recent breakout, and it shows it making um, you know, it's a pretty much a runaway breakout. But if you look at the 20-year here, um, there are highs, all-time highs, up at 109. So if this is, in fact, a uh, new position uh, representing a long bias here, um, I suspect that trader is expecting a follow-through, wants to play it with defined risk, with options that are relatively cheap. Okay, options that are relatively cheap. For more of this and options action, check out the full show, which is Fridays at 5.30 p.m., Eastern time. All right, coming up, Apple, an all-time high. Gene Munster has been listening in very patiently on the call. Says the CFO just said something very bullish on the stock. It's reacting up 3.5%. We'll tell you what it is. We're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Apple rallying and hitting another all-time high after hours. Josh Lipton is at Apple's Cupertino headquarters. He's got the highlights for the call and the latest analyst reactions so far. Josh. Well, so let's get some hot takes from Wall Street. Let me bring you a couple. Mike Walkley over Canaccord Genuity saying strong results with strong iPhone ASPs, services revenue, and capital returns, the highlights. Guidance also strong versus consensus for Q4. Tom Ford over D.A. Davidson telling CNBC, I think the iPhone 10 caught management, taught management that when you sell smartphones more than $1,000, you don't have to sell as many units to generate impressive financial results. And June Zhang over at Rosenblatt telling us margins are good due to Apple's efforts to reduce the material and component costs, particularly for that new LCD model. We think Apple is able to improve margins in the second half of this calendar year. Now, Brian, also uh, Tim Cook just on the call here talking about those ongoing trade tensions and tariffs. He said tariffs show, show up as a tax for the consumer. They can wind up uh, ending in slower economic growth. Listen to more what he had to say about this subject with analysts. 
the trade relationships and agreements that the U.S. has between uh, with, between the U.S. and other major economies are very complex, and it's clear that several are are in need of modernizing. Uh, but we we think that in the vast majority of situations that. Uh, tariffs are not the approach to doing that. Uh, and so we're uh, sort of encouraging uh, dialogue and so forth. Now, service is also a big topic on the call. Apple on target to reach that $50 billion bogey by 2020. Also, Apple Pay, as a new stat here, well over a billion transactions last quarter, triple what it was a year ago. Cook saying they, we did more mobile transactions than PayPal. Sully, back to you. All right, Josh, thank you very much. Let's get right now to Gene Munster. He has been listening in on Apple earnings call as well. All right, so Gene, what is the most important comment or comments that you have heard from the call so far? There's one that clearly sticks out, and that's the iPhone inventory drawdown. And the quick math is this, is that Apple basically reduced the channel inventory, which had a negative impact on the iPhone number in the quarter. If it would have been a normal channel inventory quarter, they would have reported almost 45 million iPhones, not the 41 plus percent that they, a million that they reported. What that accounts to is call it seven or eight percent iPhone growth. This would be the best iPhone growth in the last couple of years. And that's why the shares were trading up slightly when he came out with that comment. Guys, what do you think? Well, I mean, again, it goes back to what Karen said. She, you know, if you looked at it today, you'd say this is a great business and, you know, discount everything that's going on until then. Yeah. It's still valuation is compelling. And the fact that they're making a new uh, Magnum PI, don't think for a minute it's not predicated on Mr. Lipton and all the times that we've mentioned him over the last six months. Nothing wrong I don't with four-inch inseam corduroy short pants. You should know more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, well. Gene, Gene Munster, Gene Munster, professor, how do you grade Apple's quarter? I'm going to give it an A minus, and uh, they really nailed it on almost all factors here. Uh, the, the ASP, the higher ASP, the services number, really outstanding. The cash back, $25 billion, that puts them on track to be net cash neutral in three years, about two years faster than the street thinks. All of that very good. The guidance better than expected. Uh, the one uh, negative is they didn't blow the iPhone number out, but you could argue that channel inventory number would have been a blowout. But so overall, we're going to stick with an A minus. And again, this lays the groundwork for this to be the first trillion dollar company. It's getting there very soon. Gene Munster, thank you guys. You know, it's, it's interesting, Karen, because I heard I think it was Jeff Gunlock. And if it wasn't here, my apologies. He said something I thought really smart about Apple a number of years ago. He said, why would I buy it when everybody already owns it? I think if you want to knock Apple. Mm -hmm. How much more could there be when it's a top holding in every ETF? It's a top holding of almost every hedge fund we talk about. Everybody seems to already own the stock. You need new buyers. You could buying say that. Pressure but, sorry, for I'm stocks not, to I'm go not up. Karen. Well, I, I guess on the margin you need new buyers, but it's not like the story hasn't moved, right? The story is actually more compelling. One thing I was thinking about, if that new tax law happens, there's probably more long-term gains stuck in Apple than any other stock in the world. I don't know what that means for it, but long-time holders. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe some, maybe some sellers there. All right, final trades coming up next on Fast Money. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Do you know what is more popular than the Big Bang Theory? It is Tony Braxton's Unbreak oh, My Heart. Because yes. America is not right. buying the K-Fine pitch for CBS. I've been hanging out okay. with Tony a lot. It happens. I like Tony. It's a great right. We need show. her on the show. Yeah. Then I'll you know what? The Around the horn, final trades. Karen, why don't you go first? I got to go with my pitch. I'm going with CBS. 
Sorry, PBS. Tony. It's okay. Yeah. Guy Dami. Song is the reason why Pfizer drug is in business. PFB. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Lipitor. That's what you mean. Lipitor. Uh, Dan Nathan. Cat Tractor. I didn't like the way that thing traded yesterday. Selling it. You're selling it. Selling Cat Tractor. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Tim Seymour. These Apple numbers were extraordinary. You're getting upgraded. Apple. All right. Bad Money starts right now. Thanks for watching. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.